speaks about finding the right one. But in order to do that, we've got to become the right one to have eyes to be able to see the right one that God has. Those are key things. The other thing, we've got to have the right people around us to help us be able to discern who that right one is. We want people in our corner helping us walk through that. That's parents, friends, pastors, spiritual mentors, different ones. And uh, we're never alone in that. Maybe we don't have our earthly fathers and mothers with us, but God, he says, that I take the solitaire, somebody who's maybe isolated, who's separated from their parents, and I give them spiritual moms and dads that can help walk that out. Then we've gotten into marriage, and what does it take? What are the key ingredients to make a marriage a great marriage? Notice we didn't say perfect, because those do not exist. And we've had some different people last week. We had some amazing testimonies as different ones got up and shared. Nystrands and, and Strzeskis and uh, who else was it? I, I'm slipping my mind right now. Lee and Louise, that's right. 55 and a half years of marriage. And they get up and they share their gold. How does gold come about? How do we get gold? Okay, we mine it, we dig it out. But then how do we get it to its purest, most valuable form? It has to go through a heat process. And they say that it takes seven different times of going through that. Anybody in marriage can relate to that process going through. So anyone who gets up here and shares, they're not saying, hey, I've got it all together. I'm perfect or anything like that. They're saying, God has brought me through a process where I've made a ton of mistakes. And so, but those people that we've asked to come up here and Don and Linda are going to host this session for us. They're saying, listen, this is what God's brought me through and whatever gold he's given me, just like they did last week, I want to give it to you. Here's where I've fallen short. Here's where I've made mistakes. How many like real people? Okay, I want to connect with real people, not someone that's, they're portraying something that's unattainable. You're going to hear real people just like you did last year. It, last, last week, in all their brokenness and their failures and weaknesses. And you know what? By the grace of God, the successes and the victories. Amen? Amen. We're all different here. So, um, we've come, we have different backgrounds, different histories. But God comes and He redeems our past and He, he takes us from our present into our future. And we can trust Him. We have a hope in Him. Don and Linda, would you guys come up here? and uh, help guide us through this session. Thanks so much. Don and Linda um, are going to be sharing with you um, here toward the end. And, and uh, they've just, to me, they have helped Lisa and I so much in our marriage. Um, not just the things that they've said, but I know that if you've been around Don and Linda at all, you've seen their example with their family. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, you've looked at them and you've said, I want a marriage like that. I do. And so these are just a great couple. This isn't putting them on a pedestal. It's just they've had to make some hard choices over the years as well in this to gain these different things in God. And so help guide us through this session. Awesome. awesome. Thanks, Eric. Well, well, we'll we'll talk at the end because we want to only want to get this thing started. But um, the the people that are coming tonight to talk, this is. I, to me, it's only a snippet. That's a, a good term that you use a lot. It's just a so snippet. Old. That is an old term. Oh, okay. So I'm old. <laughs> We're working this out still. <laughs> anyway, but it's just a, a mere glimpse at these people and their relationships and their relationship with each other. And 
it's kind of like John and Rachel. They probably, they, they shared for I don't know how many minutes, but there's probably hours of testimony that goes behind that, just like Lee and Louise and David, uh, Katie. So um, what I want to encourage you, if you want to hear more of these stories, uh, pursue these guys, pursue them and find out more because it's like you said it's real gold right now you're just getting a little you know a little glimpse of it but um and because i like sports and you know baseball's right around the corner i got to find out who's leading off do you know who's andrew and Catherine? oh andrew and Catherine, you guys are leading up oh kevin i said that at home how many times kevin i am so sorry Gosh, this is Kevin and uh, Catherine Bradford, and they're going to be sharing first. And you know, I knew his brother, and his brother's Andrew, and that's why I'm blowing it. So, love to have you guys here. I just want to tell you guys, these are a couple that have had to make incredibly difficult, hard choices. Um, in their process of dating and engagement and marriage. And I'm sure that they'll tell you about it, but um, I just want to say that I really admire you guys and who you are and um, just the seriousness that you guys took to, to bring, I mean, the pains that you guys had to go through to bring us what you're going to share tonight. So I just am grateful for you guys and very grateful. So. Hey, everybody. So we haven't been married 55 and a half years, but we'll get there. We have been married a year and a half, and it was a very busy year and a half. Um, We've known each other for going on eight years. Uh, met in the Master's Commission, if you've heard of that program. And we became best friends and, you know, so on and so forth. We decided we weren't just best friends anymore. We got married. Um, in between that, <laughs> in between that was a lot of a lot of hanging out and a lot of pretending to not be madly in love with you. Just didn't work very well. But um, I think... What we've had to learn in the past year and a half and even in the past couple years, um, I'm just really grateful for. Like, it's, it was a difficult time, and it wasn't easy, and it's still not easy, you know, but it was something that I wouldn't trade for anything. The distance we had apart from each other and the time that we spent away from each other, as hard as it was, was a gift that the Lord gave us. It was something that he entrusted us with, and he gave us the strength and the grace to get through it, and not just gut it out, but to get through it and actually learn something, even though I'm kind of stupid. So it takes two deployments to learn, to learn what I needed to learn. But, um, yeah, it's it's something I wouldn't trade. It's also something I don't really want to do again, but it's something I wouldn't trade. Um, we made our relationship official, and, like, three months later, I left on my first deployment. And it was eight months. So we our communication was really spotty. We were on a, I was on a ship um, cruising around the South Pacific and uh, Asia. So communication was bad at best. We had like a three-month stretch where we didn't talk or even communicate like by email or anything. And, you know, that first deployment was 
a failure on my part because I thought I was some tough dude and, you know, my beautiful wife, uh, girlfriend at the time, would ask me how I was doing and I'd be like, oh, I'm fine, everything's great, you know, it's good to go. How are you? You know, you can imagine that didn't really work out very well because she wants to know what's going on in, in daily life. She wants to know what's going on in my mind. She wants to know what I'm feeling and thinking. And got back from that first deployment. We had a weekend away together. And I asked her how that made her feel. And that really opened my eyes. And I learned something. Learning occurred in Kevi. And um, that was something that I took into the second deployment, which was four months after we got married. Um, spent half the first year of our marriage having fun in the sun. Sorry, babe. Um, and that's something that was our big deal, was communication. And that was something I learned on that first deployment and took into the second one. And what made the distance possible to make it through was communication. It's sharing, me sharing my heart with her and her sharing her heart with me, um, even when we didn't want to, even when there was hard things to say, even when I didn't want to tell her what I was doing on a daily basis or when something weird happened, telling her about that, even, you know, stuff that she probably wouldn't want to hear. But it was the communication on every level that made the distance possible. So. Um, I think one thing that I carried away from all the time away and the deployments and everything is, you know, distance and miles and everything is one thing, but you can also be very separated from each other in your hearts if you don't maintain your communication. Um, we both had to grow a lot in communication. I thought I was great at communicating until I got married. And then I learned, oh man, I really suck at this. So um, we learned that we have to communicate about even the little things, even the things that we don't want to talk about on a daily basis, um, the things that are hard or we don't want to burden the other person with um, work. Um, or daily life, the things that we're thinking. Yeah, I'm, an, I'm an ER nurse, and I'm sure Kev doesn't want to hear about half the things I see on a daily basis, but if I shove it, if I don't communicate about it, it just builds up and eventually you explode. And the same with um, Kev with his deployments and now at work. Um, if you shove things, if you don't communicate about it, if you let it build up, eventually it just kind of overwhelms you and you sink deeper into a hole of not communicating and you build walls that separate you from one another. Um, so I think that is communication, like Kev said, is definitely one of the biggest things we took away from his time in the Marine Corps and the deployment. It was really, really hard. Um, I hated the distance and the time apart from each other, but it really made me grateful, made both of us grateful for the tools that we learned with communicating with each other. Um, it also made us never take any second or time that we're able to communicate for granted. Um, we never knew when we were going to be able to talk to each other again. There was that one time where I was uh, talking to him online and then all of a sudden the communication cut out and I didn't get to talk to him for three months. And um, no warning or anything, <laughs> just... Oh, okay. <laughs> Hope he's all right. Um, and uh, so I think those deployments really showed me how precious our time together is and how precious every second I get to communicate with this man and love this man. 
is. Um, I don't take a single second with him for granted. And um, that's something that has really carried into our marriage, too. There's no one I'd ever want to spend more time with. Um, Kev's my best friend. And uh, I don't take any any time with him, any conversations with him for granted. Uh, I'm just grateful to be married to my best friend. And I don't ever want to be in a place where um, not communicating builds walls of separation, like the separation we had with Miles. Um, I want to maintain an open door, open walls with our communicating so that uh, we're always best friends. All right, we're done. You know what's terrible about me calling Kevin Andrew is is Kevin was in my son Levi's class. It's like, gosh, that old man thing in me. Anyway, um, as you guys are listening tonight, you know we're we're talking a marriage about marriage and stuff like that. But but singles, these this stuff is so good. This is so good to to get this in and and even adventure kids, right, Jesse? You know, this is all just gems. I mean, this is just huge in regard to, you know, thinking ahead. It's so important to think ahead. So I want you guys to really think that way, too. Anyway. How are we doing? Are we doing good? Okay, good. So the next couple is Roseanne and Jay Hallstrom. And... Gosh, that is so cute. They were both asleep. How long have you guys been married? 36 years. Gosh. And (laughs) 36, 37 in September. (laughs) Wait, wait. (laughs) What I know about This couple has been refined by the fire. Their um, pain and suffering and the things that they have had to endure um, has made their story very, very valuable. And when we suffer and when we go through hard things, It makes our testimony very, very weighty. And I look at your children, and I think that they are a product of your kindness. You are the kindest people. You are the kindest people. And I'm just really, really grateful for you guys and what you have to say. And I I am going to eat up what you have to offer because you are amazing people. So, okay. Ro and I were uh, 
talk a, a little bit, and we wanted to pick something that's really practical and really simple. You know, when you think about, I mean, if I was 17, growing up in this kind of world, and I'd see people that have been married 38 years, and I'd just go, I don't know if I can do that. You know, and so one of the one of the real practical things that you have to do, and Ro and I get a lot of practice at this because I have almost always worked out of our home, so we're together a lot. You know, and I wouldn't have it any other way. But um, you know, you do get into disagreements, and it's just part of life. And it's not like you stop loving each other and you start fighting. It's that you have a romance. And I just want to say to the young people, married romance is the best kind there is. Because life can, I mean, when stuff hits the fan, you got each other. And that's what sex is designed for. It's not like some little flash in the pan, one night stand with somebody. It's to get you through life. It helps draw you together in worship. It draws you together in commitment. It's comfort. It's like, it's the best. It just doesn't get any better than married romance. So, to keep that alive, one of the things is you have to learn how to have disagreements, arguments, fights, you know, whatever you want to call them. But everybody has them. The question is, what kinds of things put you into an argument? Is it just your own personal wants and rights? Or is it something deeper that's based on what drew you together in the first place? And one of the things, um, Ro came up with a name for it. What, do you, uh, Which one? Space. Oh, Space and Grace? Yeah. We basically learned, um, I think this was the Lord, but early on, if, if, <laughs> if we're having... Uh, if one person, Roe Ro came up with a great example of a teeter-totter. If one person has got their feet on the ground and the other one's bouncing and just going nuts, well, you know, if one of you is going to lose your temper or yell or raise your voice or get frustrated, the other one walks in the spirit. Stays grounded. They're the one that's on the low teeter-totter. Yeah. The other one, you just give them, you know, space and grace to go off. But, but it's, if one of you is always grounded, then the other can just express, be clear, be honest. That there's always, we've always had one of us is always grounded. And that's that's just kind of like a little, I don't know, secret maybe because yeah. one of the ways that things deteriorate is if if you both give into your flesh and you just say hurtful things and then try and go back and patch them. You know, in life, sometimes there's just lines that shouldn't be crossed. You know? It's like you want something to last, treat it with respect, and find a way to just not cross certain lines. And one of the things is, I, I think we've maybe hit, would you say 85 90% would be accurate that we do it that way? Oh, or yeah, yeah. Very much so, or but, more so. You know, if, if one, like if Ro will come at me and she's really upset, that's my clue not to like, you know, because it takes two people to fight, right? So if one person is angry and amped up and just really wants to get something off their chest, 
then the best thing you can do is chill out and shut up and just listen. You know, it's not easy, especially when many times Ro would, um, she's my biggest gift in trying to learn how to be a Christian. Because I'm just stupid. You know, a lot of guys are like this. You're just like, what? And you're, you're just doing stuff that everybody in your life is just going nuts. And you don't see it. But your wife does. So instead of getting irritated about that, just go, she is the key to what I really want. And that's one of the reasons God gave her to me. And so she would come at me with stuff. And how many know that if somebody says something that's not really right on the money about you, and they're just, you know, they're just coming at you with stuff, it just kind of rolls off your back. If it's true, like three words are like, Whoa, 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 just, just, just a minute, just a minute. I mean, truth has weight to it. It's heavy. And many times Ro will say something, and it's really hard to hear, but I just kind of learned to just shut up and listen. And don't let the thing escalate into anger. You know what I mean? She can just do that, and then I go and think about it, and I don't even always... It's not like we always come back together and make, you know, kissy, kissy, make everything nice. Sometimes things go over a period. But if you just can keep from reacting in anger, that thing can work a while. And I think it's important, especially for guys, for your wife to see that she can go off on you a little bit. And you don't have to fix everything. Sometimes she just needs to go off a little bit. You know, and and just let her do it, and and then over a period of time, sometimes you know something God's working on my life. I would find maybe even like weeks, maybe some weeks would go by, and I just kind of let her do this for a while, and try and hear it and work on it and everything else. And there's a time when we come back together and we are we good and this and that, but. Just trying to avoid both of you being angry and saying stuff at the same time. If one of you is doing it, it's just understood. The other one takes the mm-hmm. takes the low road, you know. And it, I mean, you know, one thing that we realized early on that I think, I guess, if there was ever a key that we could have learned it earlier on, would be um, there is. There is no small argument. There's no something that's ridiculous. Uh, it's like when you, there's a little bit of something coming on and you can feel the tension. It's it's uh, it's either going to eat away and chip it away at the mortar of what you're building, or it's going to solidify and add cement to what you're building. There is no thing that's just going to remain neutral. And I mean. Think about it. Usually, the most craziest stuff we argue is like so ridiculous when you think back over what it might have been. You know, our arguments are never anything usually weighty. It's just something that crossed one of us, and then it escalates. But, but just if you kind of have that red flag that whatever there's the tension, uh, it can make or break. And there's no small issue, really. I mean, that's. One way, one thing that we're always uh, 
we're aware of. And another thing is that may contradict somebody else that may have spoke last week, but for the Hallstroms, um, we, being that there was always kids around near to very near, if there was an argument, um, my parents always went in the other room and worked it out. Might take five minutes, might have taken an hour, kind of hear some rumbling or some voices, and then they came out and we never knew what was going on or guess it's okay. But when we had, well, I was on the road and we, we were on the road and we had Tommy and Lauren. And so if there was any disagreements, it was usually in a car or an airport or with the other band members and we were trying to keep it low and in the back seat or what. It was just kind of, we, but I, we got in the habit after we are all home and a, a bit established that if there was an argument, our kids aren't with us that long. Let's take advantage of, we don't go in the room and, and duke it out or, or they're in there with us and if it might be the kitchen. And when you've got little ears on you, you're so much more honoring because you don't, you don't want a mess to clean up later. And uh, as far as how you say it or what you say it, it's almost like it elevates it to another level of, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say holiness because some of our some of our worst arguments and times we are dealing with things, I look back, it was a moment where God intervened and had, a, had he won. And we became stronger in this relationship because of it. And uh, we got re- we've gotten really good at how to be clear with one another, with others listening. And when we do have an argument, and I mean, he's a musician, he's an artist, um, He's uh, sensitive. He's tender. I say things that can be so hurtful without even realizing it many times. And like, what? That bothered you? That bothered you? I mean, things like that. And and um, uh, I I take those advantage. I take advantage of all I can when with my kids. How I'm going to say it? How I'm going to speak to my husband? Is it going to be honoring? Uh, there's um, there's a way to say it that causes the, the ears of those of my kids in the house to go, oh, that's how you tell dad that. That's how you say it, and it's not hurtful. That's how you say it, because you love him and you care. And um, or, or many times I might be saying something on behalf of one of the kids that might not say it to their dad. And, um, and I bring things to them when it comes up in maybe a disagreement we have, and it's it's more on behalf of them. And, and they hear me work out real nitty-gritty stuff, but in a way that's, uh, that blesses God. That when I'm done, it's like, we just, this is clear. And this is, uh, this is a household that wants to do things. At the end of the day, God's pleased. With, so. One thing is, too, if we, if we mess up, and, you know, they can tell we're, we're just both kind of hot. We will make sure that we work it out in front of them. Yep, every time. Yep. So, you know, the whole, the whole thing is we don't want a religious marriage. We, actually, we don't want a religious nothing when it comes down to it. Religious is the meanest, most ornery taskmaster that there ever was. It has nothing to do with Jesus or the gospel. That's That's... For certain, but we want to not act like 
you know, we're so special or holy or anything. If, if we're going to argue and we're going to clean it up, it's just like if something spills in the kitchen, yeah. you know, and you just get down and clean it up. And if we have something going on, we'll clean it up in front of them. So they see, this is how you do this. So when you get married and you and your wife have a deal, and you're going to have deals. That's just how it works. So when you do, there is a way out without blowing the relationship up. So, does anybody have any questions or anything? Uh, eight. <laughs> You know, and there's times when they're the older ones. I mean, even our oldest, he's, what, 34 now. But before he left home, and I mean, six of them are boys. So here we we ex, uh, exemplify, exemplify one thing, but then you hear him upstairs literally duking it out. The rolling, hitting the walls, duking it out. and and I'm actually pretty decent at drywall repair now. <laughs> I mean, you, if you came to up, our upstairs, wherever there's a frame and you removed it, there's a hole in the wall. I have family pictures down here where somebody kicked the wall. There's low, I mean, wherever there's a hole in the wall from the boys, I've hung something there. But, but, uh, but I'd say even with our kids, they are they're they're honest, they're clear, they're concise, and. Uh, They've gotten really good at how to have a disagreement and um, and be honoring, and I think that's really important in family because it's not the, it's not going to be free of those. You talked about lines that should never be crossed. What are some of the things, rules of engagement, that you guys have agreed to? You said we're not going to cross these lines with one another. You know, we're not going to cuss one another out. We're not going to I don't know whatever those things are not sleeping in a different room. I don't know. What are the things for you guys that might be helpful? One thing is we don't bring up the past. If it's if he's asked forgiveness or I've asked forgiveness, um, that's something we don't throw back up. It's like that is been forgotten, long forgotten. We never bring up the past on something that we know is behind us because we look like that. We look at that as a real victory, and uh, that's that's one thing before that before God that we don't want to bring. We don't. We don't ever throw out the past at each other. And, and which does require honest repentance and asking forgiveness first. You know, it's like you have to be clear. I've had to, uh, for things in the past, you know, I will come maybe numerous times just to make sure that she understands that I understand what I did was wrong kind you know, of thing. And, you know, that's when something um, that Jay does that we haven't read in a book or or been, been taught in is... He, if, if, if he has asked one of the kids forgiveness for something or me, he comes back like day after day and weeks and we'll go, you've already asked forgiveness, we're clear. But you know, it just washes us, me and the kids of dad's sincerity. It says he really, really meant that. He, I have forgotten it and he's the one that's remembering it. But every time he comes back and asks, it's just, it's, it's, it's just, it, it's a picture, guys, of sincerity and how deep that runs. That they're truly sorry, and and I, I just think that that's that's a, a key thing that you do with all of us that really makes forgiveness sweet. 
Um, one thing is, I know two words in, uh, in an argument. Like, I, I have never and will never use the D word. Um, you know, I mean, I don't, it doesn't matter how bad things get if she becomes a paraplegic and doesn't remember me. It's just that is one word that I will never utter. And it, it's just, it's not like, oh, what an amazing guy. It's just all of us have to have the courage to realize generations before us, like, things have been really tough. And they stayed together. And the culture just kind of forgets this. It's like, well, I'm not happy. I need somebody else to make me happy. You know, there's so many reasons why people just think you can't stay married. And I am not in any way saying anything negative about people that have been divorced. My own mom, uh, my, when she got saved, my dad left. And, you know, I come from a divorced family. I think that's one of the reasons why I really want to work hard to keep my marriage strong, you know. But uh, there's no judgment or anything like that. But it's just a point of, of having hope, and especially saying to young people, I mean, you look around you and the whole, the media, social media, news, the entertainment industry, all of it, the examples you see everywhere is that, I mean, marriage is just under attack. And the reason for that is because it is the single strongest institution on the planet. And when a, when, a, <laughs> when a marriage works, people can see Jesus. Because, I mean, I am as imperfect as they come. And, if, you know, to be able to stay together, it, it shows there's a God. Whenever anybody asks me, um, you know, I just say, oh, it's God. It's because of God. But, you know, you you know in your relationship what things you would say that would just undermine the very reasons that you got together. I mean, the very thing that made you fall in love with that person. Her, I had had other relationships. I was just talking to her brother. I just auditioned for her brother's band to play guitar in their band. And I'm just standing here, and Ro walked down the street, and I was gone. I was married at that point. I didn't know how long it was going to take or anything else, but I was just done. And there was no question, there was no turning back, and that hasn't changed. And it's not because I'm special, it's because God can enable simple people to make a relationship work over the decades. listen to them all night like I wish we had all been braver to to ask them questions because I think I mean you can just tell the way that they talk about each other that it's real and that it's authentic and I hope that Don and I can be like you when when we grow up no really well when Eric asked us to share he said um I really want you guys to be um, authentic, real, and what's the other word that he used? No, 
It was, um, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was, but it was like, don't sugarcoat it. Don't hold transparent, say it how it really is, and go ahead and make people uncomfortable. So if I make you uncomfortable, we're in church, and you all work it out with you later. But um, I think that uh, a couple of things that was important for uh, Eric and for us to share with you guys is... um, how do you make it through intense times in your marriage, whether it's um, a fight or whether it's a disabled child or whether it's um, an accident? or what is, When you hit those rough patches, what is it that keeps your marriage together because whether it's you can't conceive children or you keep conceiving children and and I know Don's parents at one point offered to buy us bunk beds because we just kept getting pregnant and um, that was a side note but um, I, I think that you know whether you've hit your rough patch or you're waiting for a hard time to come or it's already come and you've not made it through the right way, I think the, the thing that if I could pare down to the things that have held our marriage together through, um, you know, a daughter having cancer or it's, you know, you find yourself paralyzed in, in a wheelchair for a year, is that... Um, I'm such a crier. But Don and I made an agreement that whatever it was that life was going to throw us, that we were in this. We were in this for the good and for the bad. And the morning that I woke up in the hospital room and was paralyzed, you know, he walked into the room and he said, Babe, we're not going to get angry. And I can't even look at you guys. I have to look at him. You know, we're not going to get angry and we're not going to get bitter. But we're going to take whatever it is that God just allowed to happen. And we're going to use it. And I think whether it's a small thing or a really big, horrible thing, making that commitment to each other that we're not going to waste this. We're not going to waste this pain. We're not going to waste the pain of what has come into our family and we're going to allow God to use it for something really good. And and the power, you guys, the power of love is what sustains you through those times. Wow, that's not, that wasn't even what I was going to talk about. Okay, so on to the next thing and then I'll, I'll, I'll keep it short, babe. But, you know, I think that 
life is can be tough at times. And I think that what Don and I have learned to do in our marriage is is to have fun. I would think that that would be a huge um, component to a marriage is because life is can, life is hard. But how do you as a family, how do you as a married couple find the joy in life? And there'd be times that we were so dirt. Thank you, Jen. We were so dirt poor that all that we could afford for Christmas or, or our anniversaries was we would give each other $5 and we would go to Walmart. I know we aimed high. We would go to Walmart and we would separate and say, okay, meet back in 20 minutes and we'll give each other whatever it was that we bought each other. So I don't know why I'm telling this story, but I bought him one of those huge t-shirts that have the, it's just huge and it has the little tiny bikini on the front, you know, of the really skimpy, do you know what I'm talking about? It was under $5, and so that's, that's, what did you buy me? Oh, he bought me a Mexican DVD of some, something. Probably not a DVD back then. It was Probably a VCR. VHS. It was a VCR <laughs> of something. But you guys find in ways to have fun, and whether it's, you know, taking your kids to the mall and ditching them and, and having them try to find you, but you know where they are, but they don't know where you are and hiding behind things, you know, finding different ways to, Don, when, when the kids were little, he would, um, we'd play, I'm sorry, you can sit down, we would play this, <laughs> we would play this game where the kids would have poopy diapers, and we wouldn't play, that's not a game, but, <laughs> it was, he'd say, okay, whoever the baby touches next, you has to change the diaper, and so here would be Brooklyn, and she'd be going, eh, and we would be like running away from her, and she'd be chasing us, and we would be running away, and whoever, anyways, so the, <laughs> the point of that was just finding ways in the midst of life to have fun, and I think on, to, to bring it back around to an, another serious topic that Eric wanted us to talk about was how do you affair-proof your marriage? What is it that you do to keep your marriage um, secure in that I know that he has eyes for me and I have eyes for him and some of the practical things that, that are important to us is I show up at his work and when I show up, I, I like to, like, look really great. I mean, I fix myself up, and I rock the heels, and I, and so that when I show up at his work, I, I'm saying to all of his coworkers, look what he gets. And he's, and I'm reminding, you know, all of, and I'm not saying that it's a competition, but I, I want him to have eyes only for me. And I mean, like, really only for me. And um, I, Don is a PE teacher at a junior high, and I am very aware that he has hundreds of teenage girls all day long that are in front of him. And he is totally like single-eyed focus for me, which is awesome. But I... I want him, at the end of the day, to have something to look forward to coming home to. And I want to be that one that c captures his attention. And 
I was going to say something else, but I won't. Um, how do you keep your phone from not going back to that page disappears? Um, you know, the other thing that's really important, and Jay and Ro, you guys um, mentioned this, and I'm sure it made people really uncomfortable, and, and I'm, I'm, I've got kids in the room, but I told them I would say the word sex as much as possible just to embarrass them a couple weeks ago. So um, it's, it's really important that you have really great sex. It just really is. It's important that that you you remember who it is that you were married and that that thing keeps the passion alive and your kids grow up in an environment where sex isn't this awful scary word it's something that is something that they look forward to not that you just keep it hidden under a bushel and that it's not something you ever but it's important that they they see see that so I have about 10 more points, and I'm not going to talk about any more of them. I'm going to, this is my husband, Tom. Go ahead, babe. <laughs> well, I'm going to try to keep this all in five minutes, because um, I, I know what, I know the time, and, and each of these things, I, I think, unfortunately, or fortunately, I think all these things are are things that could be a message. So um, in them, I'm hoping, again, you get the bullet point, and, and again, I want to wrap things up and all that. But uh, uh, Kevin and Catherine alluded to it, but it's a whole teaching in itself, is, is I married my best friend. She's my best friend. I mean, it's like... And... and I guess I'm, I'm throwing that out, especially to you singles that have, aren't married yet, is, is that, that's a, a clue, a, a big clue, is that you marry your best friend. Because really, at the beginning of marriage, you have just the two of you, okay? And then when your kids go off, it's just the two of you again. And that's a reality. And that's a reality, and in the midst of it is, is you have a best friend. The hard part there in that affair proof is the fact that you can get really familiar. And, and that, and that um, can lead to the hurt and the harm or the harmful words and things like that. And that's when I have to go back to the covenant I made. And because we knew the Lord before we got married, because this is, this is a caveat to the, to the whole thing, is, is some people got married and then they got saved. But because we got, we got saved and then we got married, is our covenant together is before him. And in that, it, it, it's, I need to stay connected. This way is my first priority before this. And that's really important, that your relationship with the Lord is first, and then it's this way. Because usually if this isn't connected, I can go back to why the disconnect. It's because of my relationship with Him. So, once again, it, it's, it's uh, again, it's my, it's God first. And then in that, He shows me how to love my best friend and and know that this is this is the one for me and that's the last thing with that affair proof your marriage that's the last thing i would want to do is to hurt my best friend and so um a good friend of mine dennis and this is part of you know linda and dennis's uh, marriage uh um 
marriage class, pre-marriage class, was the whole thing about having money in the bank. You know, when you have money in the bank and you deposit, you deposit, you deposit, so when something happens, you know, the, the, the phone call that's dropped <laughs> or, or, or some, some, something going on between us, it, it's you're making a withdrawal. But because you have that money in the bank, that love that you have for your wife and we have for each other, it's like you can make a withdrawal and know there's plenty in there. There's plenty of invested money in there that, that when that thing happens, it, it, it never fails. Love never fails. And um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap up. I don't know if, Eric, if you wanted to, if you were going to conclude with, on the, what's that? Okay. Well, the, the last couple things I wanted to say is this, is if, if times are tough, you know, maybe you find your marriage and it's, it's really tough or, or you're kind of in the midst of your marriage and go, I don't know, I haven't had that best friend feeling before. The one thing I, I want to tell you is you need to be, um, you need to look back on that, that what, what were those best days that you had together, okay? Because there was something. You got married there must have been something there, some sparks, some, some days that you can look back on. Those are the things that you have to fight for. Fight for those days that you had and go, God, you have those for us. You have those for us. And that's what you got to be willing to fight for. Fight for those days to go, no, he has more for you. He has more for us. You know, you got to be able to look back and go, man, there were days, but it's like, there's more days ahead that can be like that. You've got to fight for those things. And that's when I want to talk to, to all of you, but especially the singles. Before you get married, you have to be a fighter. You have to be a fighter. I'm not talking about this fight, but fighting for your spouse. You have to fight. If you're not a good fighter in that respect, I would say don't get married. Because... If you fight, you, you, you're fighting for this thing to work. You're fighting in the midst of the battles and in the midst of the crap that goes on in your marriage and go, I'm willing to fight for that. And I know she's willing to fight for that. And then we have young ones that are coming along that we want to fight for those. Okay, because there's a battle and we know that, that we're fighting for the future and we're fighting for each other. And when we have a community, a community like this, we're fighting for for those that are around us that can see us. Um, I got this quote, and it, and it hangs in our, um, in our wall in our kitchen, I think is where we have it. It says, The true soldier fights not because of what he hates, what's in front of him, but because... Man. But because he loves what is behind him. The true soldier fights not because he hates what's in front of him, but because he loves what is behind him. And that's, and that's men and women need to fight. You need to fight. You need to fight. You need to fight for what God has put together. Anyway, I, I just wanted to conclude with that. And we're going um, to pray. Eric, did you have something that... But I think, you know, uh, 
Kevin and Catherine and, and Jay and Roe are, are available if you guys want to, you know, talk with them or, or pursue them or even they'll, they'll pray for you. They they are anointed. Yeah, I wanted uh, walkers just to stay up here. Jay and Roe, if you'd come up. Kevin and Catherine, if you guys would come up. We just want to give an opportunity for um, different ones. If you would like to come forward, young people, you're not married yet, but you want God to give you a deposit today for your future. And you see, you've gotten some gold here today that you uh, want for your future marriage. Those of you who are married and you want more. I'm standing up here. I want more. My wife's in California right now visiting her her uh, her mom and got a family wedding and stuff and she'd be here. And But, uh, you know, I want prayer because I want to receive from the Lord. Some of you today, you've heard some things said, you know, just the fact that we would talk about intimacy in more of a detailed way. You're like, can we say that in church? We're really the only organization on the planet who really isn't having an honest conversation about these types of things. And that's why we're in the trouble that we're in, because we're not hitting issues head on. We're not talking about them there. Because when we're in church and we're doing the hallelujah brother thing, we're trying to act like everything's okay, that I've got it all together. I don't want people to see my weaknesses. I don't want them to see my faults. I'm supposed to be all spiritual and have it all together. Well, it's not reality. That's not reality. And nobody lives in that reality where it's got, they've got it all together. Now, Lee and Louise, 55 and a half years, they've learned a few things. They've worked some stuff through, and they're probably a lot further ahead than some of us, like John and Joanne Nystrand and different ones. But that's why we have one another. That's why we have the community around us to be able to help us through the things so that we can give one another space and grace. You know, you guys were, you were deployed out in the middle of the ocean. But you know what? We can grow that distance between us while we're living in the same home together. And so those things you're like, well, I'm not out in the middle of the Pacific. It doesn't matter. Is there distance that's growing between you and your spouse living in the same home? So what are the keys that we can take away from here? Would you stand with me? I'm so grateful for what you guys gave. and and um, But what, what we want to do is we just want to provide an opportunity. If you just want to sit here and you just know that you need to do business with God. I, I know we're, we're running a little bit late. But you know what? You don't have enough money in your account, I guarantee you, to get to pay for the kind of wisdom that you receive today from the Lord. The stuff that's been, you know, even though just a couple, you know, a year or so being married, you know, to however, 36 years and however many years here, you, you couldn't, <laughs> you know, and, and the fact that they would be willing to have you come over to their house for dinner and help walk them, you know, help walk you through different things where you're facing different issues and they wouldn't charge you a dime, right? But that's the family of God. That's why we have one another. And so I just want to say, please, take the opportunity, come forward and just say, hey, would you, would you pray for us? That might be kind of like really risky, like, wow, people are going to see that maybe I'm, I don't have it all together. Well, join the club. Join the club of not having it all together. Just say, I need prayer. Would you please pray for me? 
hey, I'm not married yet, but would you, would you pray for me for my future? Here's where I'm at. So I'm going to step back here. I'm going to pick up the guitar.